Oh, it looks so good. My skin is glowing, dude. Look at me. You're meant to let other people compliment you, not just do it yourself. Okay. Do you, I'll, I'll set you up. Okay. Man, do I look... Does my skin look okay? You're glowing. It's unbelievable. It's like you've had a facial or some sort of rejuvenation, like a skin peel. You look wow, at five years so younger. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Wow. How do, so how nice do I look? Get a compliment. For a change. <laughs> okay, you can't do visual gags on an audio podcast. You can't <laughs> silently look at your girlfriend, who's also out of shot, and expect that to translate to the listener. It's uh, it's not going to work. <laughs> that was just for you. That okay. was just for you. Well, I'll, I'll edit it out then. Um, how, is, how is your teeth brushing? What kind of toothpaste are you using these days? Uh, McLean's whitening, one and only. i tell you are what, you really? though, it's It's... I feel like I'm on the downhill slope with McLean's whitening. I think the world's moved on and I'm not ready to, but it's becoming increasingly difficult to find in supermarkets. And I think the world's not McLean's happy anymore. Uh, they're, they're going for some new upstart. No, I didn't. I would not. I mean this with complete sincerity. I, I find it a little bit hard to believe that you're a McLean's guy. Yeah. What what is it? It's, Do you think that that's like a like a brand mismatch? Yes, I think a, a McLean's is kind of to me like a a bit of an Audi, a bit of an Audi buy, a bit of interesting. a interesting. Um, yeah, I hear a it. A bit of a a bit of a um. What is that? What was that? It was like Bilo. Do you remember Bilo? Oh, yeah, actually, yes, I do. A brand I have not thought about in forever. Or, or Franklin's. It's like a Franklin's. Um, no, like I Franklin's. think it's. Oh wait, okay. I need to I need to recontextualize. When you said Audi, I thought you meant the prestige car. No. But you're saying Aldi, the Aldi. oddball <laughs> supermarket. Yes. By the way, good good marketing technique on their behalf. Yeah, they really thought that through. Like, Aldi, call it call it something like Masadas, <laughs> but it will be yeah. like the the cheap knockoff. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I think McLean's has a higher sugar content in the toothpaste as well. That's why I love it. I love getting more sugar on them teeth. And I'm not satisfied yeah. with all of these healthier options. I think you should change toothpaste. Well, let me explain to you what I like about the McLean's. And it's specifically the McLean's Extreme Clean. It has a level of foaminess, which I can't find in other toothpaste. I will, if you put a Colgate a tube of Colbert in front of me, I will slap it off the desk and you across the face. Because all I feel like when I'm brushing my teeth with Colgate is that I'm actually brushing my teeth with my own saliva and there's like a whiff of mint involved. I, I need I need a, a proper viscous foam going on. That's very interesting. And um, I think I think we should just hang on this a little bit longer because this is what <laughs> I agree. This is what people are coming for. I agree. Um, I think in my older in my older age in my older years I've I've moved to a more of a charcoal. Oh, um, do you have oh. any feelings about the charcoal toothpaste? I don't. I mean, I, I like think... a nice black scrubbing. I feel like and that's then it makes it it makes your teeth feel whiter uh, when you you kind of rinse because you've just had shit all in your mouth for like two minutes. I feel like that's a fad, and I don't know that I endorse it, but I'm happy it brings you joy. I don't know that it cleans any better or any worse than anything else, but if that's if that's what you're looking for in a in a in a sink based experience, then I'm here for you. Okay, so supportive. Thank Look you. at us. Yeah. 
Now you've moved your plans for me. Um, I wasn't going to. What were those plans? Well, so Casey uh, got a promotion, and as a um, part of the uh, promotion, he's got a company car now. So this afternoon we're doing some running around cleaning and uh, preparing it to sell it to his dad. So it's it's a reverse Michael. We're about to give his car off to his parents. Wow. Yeah. That's what's the job. He's working at the same firm. He's just got a, a, a bigger title. He's up to a senior engineer. So, um, holy yeah. shit! Yeah. Congrats. Getting, getting some Casey. perks now. Car park. Getting you know, the irony, of course. I think we'd mentioned on the podcast a few weeks ago that when I had my phone stolen, it was also that same week he had his bike stolen. Did I? Is that familiar? Have I talked about that? I can't um, remember. I'm not a good listener. Yeah, it's it's true. Um, anyway, so we had two thefts in the space of a week, his bike and my phone. Insurance covered both, but insurance took longer for him to sort out what his old bike was and get a replacement. Bikes are hard to get these days. They ultimately gave him a quote, paid him out in cash. He went off and bought some fancy new bike, got imported from Germany, got held up at the border because the importers noticed that it had been valued at, at like at $8 for a several thousand dollar bike and they're like hmm you haven't paid the right taxes on this and so oh. then there was this back and forth between like because kc had paid gst to the um the seller but the sellers had tried to sneak it through the border without actually paying the right dues <laughs> so there was a oh wow a whole process was back and forth providing receipts paying you know presumably they had to front some taxes blah 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 Finally, the bike arrives. He assembles the bike. One of the pedals isn't working. Replacement pedals replaces the uh, seat. Decides to get a basket. Goes through this whole thing. Gets his brand new bike. And he's like, bang, I'm set. This is what he rides to work every day. And then the following week, he gets a promotion and a company car. And so now he'll drive in and, and park to the office every, every day anyway. So oh, that's good on him. how it goes. But yeah, so we're running around today doing doing car stuff got a bit of a sugar daddy over there you know he's providing for you he's getting promotions you know he has done jack shit for me lately so i want that record do you want to talk about that (laughs) no welcome to deep forward everybody this is a podcast and i'm delighted to have your presence here and by you i mean both you the listener and of course my friend michael currently in nam can you I, say that? I don't know. Let's let it, let's allow it. Vietnam. Say and that. I'm Nick. Thank you so much for being here. What a pleasure. What a privilege. Such a proof. How are we proof. doing? Um, good. Good. It's fucking early. This is the earliest I think we've ever... Well, it's so weird because I'm. we're five hours now yeah. apart from each other. Yeah. And thanks to some very careful miscalculations from me. Those miscalculations uh, were so precise. Precise. You precise. really tried. <laughs> I nailed it. Um, I thought there was a three-hour time difference. That is from... Um, where am I? Hoi An to uh, Melbourne. That's three hours. But yeah. to you... Yeah, there's more. Uh, I'm not five. in Melbourne. Yeah. So it is now 9 a.m. Yeah. I've just had breakfast. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had noodles and I think a quail egg. Okay. With pork. Okay. I, I, um, I looked at your and photo and I thought, that's that's a fresh start. If there's anything that's going to get you in the mood for a podcast, it's probably not porridge. It probably is quail. Yeah. 
Um, it's questionable what could because we're staying at this. Uh, we're staying at this. It's kind of like a, a, it's not a, it's not Airbnb, but it is an Airbnb kind of thing. As in, it's someone's home. Kind of, yeah. We think it's very. It's a bit. I mean, odd. we think <laughs> the the people that own it live right next door, uh-huh. and they're, pro- they're they're cooking us breakfast every morning. Oh, nice! But there are other. Um, there are other people also staying here in separate rooms, but it's all kind of one joined. It's like a boarding house. house. Kind of like that. Um, so well, I forgot what I was going to say. Well, you were, you were talking about your living arrangement here being slightly unusual. Um, yeah, the breakfast thing. So the, the, the husband and maybe the wife, although we've not seen the wife, um, is oh. are cooking for us every morning, but they're, you know, it's nice to have breakfast made for you, but also we've been trying to not eat breakfast, um, to kind of keep our, I don't know, health, not make sure we're not eating too much. And also, you know, it's saves money. Um, are so you now being we're charged for this breakfast next door. No, it's free. So okay. we kind of have to eat it, Oh, but then also, you know, it's kind of throwing out our you know, our eating schedules. <laughs> so old. Gosh, I mean, you're really just struggling over there. But anyway, you know, it was it was delicious, delicious noodles. Why are um, you trying to skip breakfast? I get the like saving money thing. Why are you concerned about eating too much? Surely, when you're living this big adventurous life, you're out and about, you're walking everywhere, you you, you know, sightseeing and experiencing a new world. Are you not? more active than you would be back home definitely more active but like how much does exercise actually offset how much you're eating it's like my understanding is that it's like 90 percent of it's what you eat and then you can burn calories like you can knock off maybe 10 percent with like exercise so i just feel like because we're we're eating like vietnam food is like a lot fresher and a lot healthier we're eating lots of like herbs and veggies and stuff so it's great yeah there's less oil but we're also drinking a shit ton of beer. And by me, <laughs> by we, I mean Lauren. Okay. And is there a possible I sort of... I slipped that massively. <laughs> I said it by me. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even... My brain would not let me lie like that. <laughs> yeah. I was going to make the joke that there might have been emotional reasons for all of her drinking. But it's fine. You've made your own admission <laughs> here. So... Um, yes. It, it's... Given how annoying I am, it's it's surprising she's not drinking more. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, there's still time. Um, yeah, she'll this... she'll she'll develop some sort of addiction as a result. Of <laughs> me, I assure. Yeah, um, I was gonna say actually, um, like in terms of your travels, I, I was wondering whether you'd uh, benefit from or find it interesting to have a like an Apple watch or something on your person and like monitoring a little bit like, okay, we're walking 15 Ks a day or, you know, I've, I've been active 90 minutes, you know, I've, I've burnt X calories. And particularly if you are talking about watching what you're eating, you know, not, not out of particular can worry, I think, but just out of curiosity that mm. why don't you look at getting a, a watch or something? Yeah. I think that's probably a good idea. Um, and I have thought about it. There are a couple of, there's, there's one Apple store here in, um, Vietnam. Um, but I have my concerns because it's got two, two bites taken out of the oh. apple. Um, and, um, 
the, and the E on the end of it has a little umlaut. Um, oh. So I'm not, I'm not sure <laughs> how legit it is. <laughs> um, but, you know, maybe I will. Maybe I will. I was about to complain how jealous I was that there's an Apple store in Vietnam when there aren't any in New Zealand. But possibly, mm. possibly Apple is is not quite the same. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, once once uh, New Zealand loses its third world status, I think yeah, we'll get really get a chance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But speaking of exercise, and I was going to bring this up last time, which is so weird. Last time I was speaking to you was from Korea. Yeah. Um, that we've actually, we've been trying to go to gyms here quite a lot. Which I was very impressed travels. about. Yeah. Well, it's like a whole, it's, it's, it's not something I've done traveling before, but it's like, it's a, it, it, it gives you a very interesting kind of perspective, even just the challenge of trying to find a gym. And then there's the cultural differences in, in Tokyo, when we went the first time, you know, they, they charge something like 30 Australian dollars for just a, a casual visit Yeah, um, at, at most of those gyms that most of the like kind of modern swanky gyms. Yeah like your your anytime fitness types yeah um and we're like that's too much so you know we're trying to search for public gyms and in tokyo was it tokyo yeah in tokyo we found one that was you know it's it's a very small gym it's probably the size of two rooms and they've got basic equipment like enough for enough to get like a a basic workout done but it's basically for geriatrics it's just for (laughs) old people sure and you know, you feel good because, you know, you're, you're stronger you're than everyone the, there. Yeah. Was, finally. Finally, I'm the alpha of the gym. <laughs> um, but in Vietnam, it's like a whole different thing because they don't really... Ha- like, it's very cheap to go to the gym. But yeah. also, they don't have... The big chains. Air conditioning. Oh. Or any sort of airflow. And it's... it's <sighs> If you check the weather app right now, it says dangerously humid. I don't oh. even know what that... F- fucking mean <laughs> dangerous dangerously humid mean it means don't bring in breathe in too much otherwise you'll drown yeah um so you, you're going in there and you're ordering already soaking in sweat and then you're working out yeah and it is it is just like it's it's it a feels sauna. good it it is like a sauna it feels good it does because you feel like even if you just you know, kind of coast through it. Yeah. You feel like you did a lot more than you actually did. <laughs> Do you judge your, the success of your workout based on sweat level? hundred percent. So, so you're only, walking in there. Only sweat level. Fucking already proud of yourself. And it's so weird because in Mel- when I was training in Melbourne, I never, I could, I barely broke a sweat. That's not a joke. I, I sure. never broke a sweat. Yeah. So you've been going like twice as much as you went in, like you went five times in a week or something. Is that right? I went, f- I think it was five times last week. Yeah. Um, Jeez. It's tough because you have to try and find, it, it's, it's also like, you also really want to do it. Like it is, it is the best way to kind of level yourself and um, like kind of reset yourself after with so much chaos. And I don't mean chaos in like a negative sense. I mean like you're moving places, you're in a, you're in a new place. Yeah. Overstimulation, um, new culture, new climate, new time zone. Everything's off. And this is, it's a great way to just recenter yourself um, and, you know, get that kind of endorphin rush or whatever of, of working out. So, yeah. you know, when I was traveling before, when I was traveling with Dan in 2016 or whatever, I hadn't I barely done a push up. 
so it wasn't even on you know on my mind yeah um so this is like a really interesting um new part of traveling i think yeah and it's it's impressive that you've able to be so consistent with it as well i mean is that as you say a normal sea that then frees you up in the rest of your day to go out and do new things like do, do you think that if you were not as grounded in a sense would you be out there doing as much as you are i think part of it is um is that you because we're, we're in this for the for the long game you need some sort of discipline and there is a lack of discipline in the sense that every day feels like it feels like you're on holiday yeah and we kind of need it to not feel like that um and we were kind of we were saying yesterday at dinner that that we just have no sense of the days because they're kind of irrelevant to you but as we're trying to like you know get into to working and stuff we need to actually have some sort of regiment you know it'd be nice to you know pay attention to the calendar week at least somewhat or the working week yeah um just so we can have that sort of uh internal external discipline whatever it is and i think working out also feeds into that positive uh behavioral loop yeah well that's that's as you say very um very diligent very um regimented but i'm like i'm impressed by that and i think it will put you in good stead for a long-term kind of life overseas rather than holiday overseas um yeah and it's and it's basically it's it's all dependent on accessibility yeah um but you know even it's it's easier for me i mean lauren lauren's been forced to um go, go into these these gyms uh, that are basically, you know, uh, an 80s throwback. <laughs> it's basically an eight, someone who's from the 80s, their idea of what a gym is. Yeah. It's like pictures of, of women with big tits, not even working out. It's just like that's... The <laughs> just poster. like there's porn on the walls, yeah. It's porn on the walls and they've wallpapered it in. Um, so it's not, <laughs> it's not even just a poster. Yeah. There's a guy who's like, looks like Ken. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's a real throwback. Yeah. And poor Lauren's been forced, like, she wants to... She wants to work out as well, but she's she's like forced to to use this rusty equipment with like no no shade to the to the good people of Vietnam, but hygiene is less of a factor. Yeah, there and given how sweaty it is, and given how yeah. poor the ventilation is, yeah. it is shocking. You've that gone there through are guys... a whole tube of canister in a week. It's it's <laughs> it's there is a there damp are... location. There are guys. Um, a benching barebacked, uh, sweaty as fuck. Yeah, and there are no spray or white bottles anywhere. Yeah, no one's doing it. Nah. So, well, yeah, Lawrence. Lawrence still been like going at it, but like it'd be nice to find some like Pilates or yoga and stuff. <laughs> you, here. You, you, that's definitely like a bring your own towel situation. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Um. So in that context, why are you so concerned about having breakfast? Like, uh, like, so I looked it up just a second ago while you're talking, like when I, on Friday worked out my total, uh, kilojoules burnt that day was 5,844. So that's a pretty, that's, that's the full day of Friday. That's not solely a a workout. That's, that's everything. What's that in calories? Uh, 1,400 odd. That's a fucking lot. Calories. That's, That's two meals. That's two meals. That's crazy. 
So that that was my total burnt across a Friday. So in order wow. to to maintain that and, and in fact to to grow and support it, like you eat, need to eat more. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I'm not skipping meals. I'm I'm actively eating larger meals or constant, you know, snacking um, to cover that. Um, yeah. So I'm not I'm surprised that you're like, well, I'm working out five days a week, but you know what? I could really skip a breakfast. Yeah, I guess it doesn't really make sense. I don't know. I just had that in my head. Particularly if I guess your I life just want... in Melbourne was so sedentary in the sense of like office job sitting at a desk. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess I'm still in that mentality. Yeah. Um, where I'm, I just want to, I would just prefer to be lean rather than have yeah, like body I'm, fat. I don't think you'll have any <laughs> risk of that. Well, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm spending a lot of time with my shirt off, Nick. Okay, I get it. I, I, I'm expecting... And I don't know if you've yet come around to this, but I'm expecting in in 18 months or whenever you end up home, you will look like a cliche overseas traveler with a man bun and like scrawny, scrawny musculature, like that kind of, I've been on the road, you know, I've eaten street food and I've, you know, hygiene hasn't been the number one priority. But You're describing like, a vegan in Melbourne. A hundred percent. That's, I expect you to look like a Melbourne vegan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have some, uh, I'm gonna get some dreads. Yep. I'm gonna tie it up in a bun most of the time. I'm gonna get a rasta hat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You better believe sack. I'm gonna have a. a if con- you don't a come back with like ready, five hacky sacks. To my body. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be really good at hacky sack. I'm gonna smell awful. What about um? What's that thing like uh, f- free lining or you know like hanging standing on ropes oh, between slack trees? Lining. Slack lining. Slack lining. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. is this is who oh, I expect God. you to I, be. I'm honest. I'm honest. I'm not terrified that I'm going to um, become that because I despise that. <laughs> but I'm also. I also really don't want to run into that type of person. I, I, I mean, it doesn't sound like you're doing hostels. No. If you're in hostels, that's where they'd be. Yeah, Vietnam does attract a lot of backpackery types, and I, I hate backpackers, even though I am one now. Do, but, do you think you're better than them? I am better than them. Okay. In what yeah. way? Um, smell. <laughs> sure. Sure. Looked like there All was right. there was a glance from Lauren there, but I'm not going to acknowledge it. There was. There was. It's like having a silent studio audience that just judges you. Yeah. Because she can only hear my side of the conversation. Yeah. But she's like, every now and then I'll say something, she'll look over like that's actually an interesting idea for maybe a TV show where like the judgmental audience <laughs> where they don't laugh, they yeah. just raise eyebrows all, yeah. all in unison. <laughs> uh, well, um, you can pitch it when you get back. Anyway. Ha- oh yeah. Uh, let me just circle back and say my point being that if you had a watch, I'd be curious to know what sort of exercise you're doing or some other fitness device to track that. Cause I think that'd be interesting to know. Yeah. Cause I guess that's one thing. I mean, the stepometer or whatever it's called. Yeah, you got it. Stepometer. Yeah. The um, speedometer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It should be stepometer. Yeah. Um, I guess that's not super accurate, but it gives you a rough guide. But then it's also it has it doesn't track workouts at all, heart rate. Yeah. No, you won't get uh, like heart rate. You won't get blood oxygen or you know exertion and that kind of thing in a yeah basic pedometer. Yeah, maybe I will. I'll get, an, I'll get a nice Apple watch. Yeah, they're not that expensive. They're a couple hundred bucks. 
No, two dollars here. <laughs> yeah, I play. Um, how, how? What's what's going on in your world? Well, it's not hugely different to last time, to be honest. I, I'm not traveling the world doing exciting things, but um, I've been writing. I've been uh, well. We actually just heard that our funding pitch for the new show uh, that we were hoping to get off the ground did not come through on Friday. Uh-huh. So we are repositioning and going to resubmit that. Um, but that was a little bit of a. Are you going to? Re- do you re-nose it to re-pitch it? Uh, we're going to get feedback from both the network and from the funding body, and if there are changes need to be made, we will make them. But um, yeah, okay. we'll see what happens. We're going to resubmit. It's a bit of a shame because I was hoping that we would be able to get into writing sort of nowish, but instead we'll have to put it in in August and wait to here until October, which then pushes all this stuff back again so and the timelines of these things just must kill you (laughs) yeah yeah it's like moving a boulder yeah slow 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 slog (sighs) yeah how annoying what are we talking about this week well speaking of exercise and and gymming how about this one for a topic uh did you see this story i'll quote the headline here an olympic style competition where drug taking is allowed an Olympic-style competition for drug-taking athletes is being launched by an Australian entrepreneur. Aaron D'Souza plans to stage the inaugural games of no drug testing in December next year with two high-profile Australian athletes among those expressing interest. A Melbourne-born, London-based businessman, D'Souza is president of Enhanced Games, a coalition of athletes, doctors, and scientists. The competition is challenging the Olympic Games model, which he says is broken, corrupt, and mafia-like. The IOC has effectively been a one-party state running the world of sport for 100 years, and now the opposition party is here. We're ready for a fight. I know they're going to play dirty. I know they're going to threaten us, but ultimately, we know that we are morally correct. Five sports categories, track and field, swimming, weightlifting, gymnastics, and combat sports, will be on the program of the Enhanced Games to be held annually. So basically... The perspective here is athletes are adults and they have a right to do with their body what they wish. My body, my choice, your body, your choice. And no government, no paternalistic federation should be making decisions for athletes, particularly around products that are FDA regulated and approved. D'Souza said there was great curiosity about any limit to human endeavors. So, Michael, what do you think? This about is my the, idea. What do you think this about is my this? idea? Yeah, we've actually talked it. about this on the pod in the past. I love it. We have, and you can play the tape. Um, you can play the tape. I said, I remember us talking about drug use in sports, and I said, and I quote, um, paraphrase, that... <laughs> no, 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 commit. I said, and I quote, <laughs> that, the, that, uh, that sports would be way more fun if we just let everyone take drugs. It is a, a, a very interesting philosophical thing for me as a bystander who doesn't really watch sports at all you know at the best you could say irregularly um where for me the question of sports like what is the point of sport i think that has a different answer to different people i think for some people it is very much a play fair play natural play you know to the best you can as whatever you know genetic makeup allows you to your genetic makeup allows you to whereas i think for others which sounds to be your perspective and this guy D'Souza's, he wants to know what could be capable in humanity yeah. with every level of support and and you know drug and 
and physical um, augmentation that you could attempt, you know, what could humanity achieve? And I think that those those two positions are quite ideologically opposite, obviously. Yeah, I think it's much easier if you don't give a shit about the Olympics or whatever. But like, you know, it, if everyone's if everyone's doing it, it basically just boosts everyone up a, a level, I guess. You mean in, you in, a, in a competition yeah, can... like this where it's allowed? Yeah, let's, yeah. Just, let's just see see what happens. And then you'll have people that refuse to do it and they'll just get washed out. It'll kind of raise the bar. I guess maybe that's the fear from the other side. Also, I found it interesting that he says, um, we know we are morally correct. Uh, that seems like a, a juxtaposition to me. You can't know that you're morally correct if you even if you are but whatever but yeah i think like you know and i think we shouldn't even stop there like we should take this to the paralympics as well you know we could give them you know if they're doing uh i don't know they're running with bionic legs they could they should have you know rocket boosters (laughs) right so you want cyborg games is what you're saying i want cyborg games that's what i want what was that game on channel? Uh, those Robot Battle Wars. Bus. That's really what I want. <laughs> you want Robot Wars. Yeah, it's the Olympics, but everyone has chainsaws and they can run around and attempt to disable the people around them. Now, I'll be tuning into that. Yeah. Imagine Russia, Russia and China and America fighting in that. Yeah. That'd be incredible. <laughs> yeah, fight back. to the death. Bring back the Colosseum. Yeah, I mean, real. the Olympics, you know, originally very different to what it's like today. Yeah, a lot more homoerotic, that's for sure. Yeah, and that's ultimately what I'm looking for. Um, He's saying, it's not a question of can we break the nine-second hundred meter. I am sure we will. Quote, I want to see a 40, 50, 60-year-old break world records because performance medicine is the rod to anti-aging. It's the route to the fountain of youth. Part of this guy's... Calm down. Part of this guy's (laughs) phrasing does feel a little bit culty to me. A little yeah. bit, you know, perhaps um, religious hyperbole. You know, there's a certain degree of... of um, Grandiosity. Yeah. Quote, nothing will improve the productivity of us, of our society more than preventing aging. It sounds like science fiction now, but we live in the future. Look at the rise of AI and other technologies. And the reason why anti-aging has been so stymied in the scientific community is because hundreds of millions of dollars of taxpayer money around the world are going to fund anti-science authorities like Sports Integrity Australia, whose job it is to stop scientific progress. The reality is that the IOC have created an unsafe system which has forced the use of performance enhancements underground. So he is making some... chill the fuck out. (laughs) He is making some bold claims. Yeah. I mean, I I am with him. Like, just give everyone drugs. But is everyone going to get the same... Is everyone get the same drugs? So if that's the other thing, I guess. If there's no limit to what drugs you can take, yeah. then Russia, who cares about the Olympics way more than they should, because they're because they've got nothing know, else to care about. Yeah, they've got they've got nothing else. But they, but Russia do care about the Olympics a lot, don't they? They they are very competitive. Yeah, I mean historically they've been caught with all kinds they of think doping it, they scandals. Th- they think of it as a symbol of their prosperity. It's like a lot of these communistic countries uh, really look to the Olympics to uh, represent them and display their superiority or their their power, don't they? Like it's a nationalistic thing, and, for sure. It is very nationalistic. 
Um, but then Russia's going to spend, you know, millions of dollars. They're going to they're going to open up a lab, and they're going to they're going to get all these scientists to engineer. They're going to make like little hulks of people, <laughs> and they're going to win because they put more money into you know Frankensteining than other countries. Yeah. Is Frankensteining a word? I think I it think is. It, I think it is. I think you're, you're not the first to use it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting for me because... So uh, I've started working out in the past few years and part of that has been learning a lot about exercise and, and diet and that sort of thing. And, and generally my understanding is in terms of supplements and things, the only stuff which is proven to have actual benefits for you know average people to use is caffeine for energy to get you actually going and pushing harder and creatine and everything else beyond and that no, and and no fap and no, no fap, fap. <laughs> yes <laughs> which you've been according to reddit you've been actually practicing that for years and really talking about it proudly. and not by choice not, not by, by choice let yeah. me tell you um <laughs> but um Point being that there is a whole other culture out there, right, of, of steroids and all other kinds of things. And none of that interests me. And I think the reason why is I want to feel like the thing I achieved, I achieved. Yes. And I, I think psychologically, if I got, you know, if I was using some kind of steroid or other kind of, you know, under-the-counter supplementy thing whether it's for personal use in a gym or for a competition stakes kind of thing part of my brain would always go but you didn't do this this wasn't just you this was the drug that did this and i don't think that that would feel satisfying i don't think that that would be as rewarding but maybe maybe people have different goals maybe if you just want to be the person who breaks the world record no, I'm totally with you. It's like cheating on a test. It feels like, or um, getting chat GPT to write your essay. Yeah. You know, it's like, did is this, is this me? Yeah. I don't know. I, I just find that unsettling. I know a few people that who, that have started uh, taking steroids or, um, or have dabbled in, in steroid use. Right. Uh, and they're kind of at the, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to give too much away, but. They're at the start, like more or less, they're amateur to intermediate, um, you know, trainers. We talking about gym, gym, gym stuff, or like sports? Playing, yeah, weightlifting. Like, okay, weightlifting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it is. It's a. Uh, it's pretty. It's. It, it to me, it feels shocking. I mean, when I've when I've heard people say that to me, I'm just like, are you are you kidding me? Like part of it is like you're you're really messing with your your hormones. Um, you know, you apparently your balls just shrivel up. <laughs> yeah. Who wants that? I mean, that's but then what... like, what is what is also what what is the what is really the point? Unless you're trying to you know, enter into bodybuilding competitions, what what is the point? Just to just to look a bit like more muscular for the beach? Like, who gives a shit? Yeah, it 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 does speak. It's it's quite a revealing thing, right? Yes, it's very vain. It's like extreme vanity. Yeah, I, I mean, it, but I if, guess I guess like women do that to a, to a degree. It's like kind of getting like a boob job. Yeah, I but mean, but then you you, st- you can't just take steroids and then just sit on the couch and 
blow up. Like you, you, you still have to work out, but it's just like a, it's a boost, I guess. Yeah. But I think you can also tell when someone's been using steroids versus just naturally working yeah. out. Um, so it is a vanity thing, but it's also a vanity thing in this, in the same way that I think like plastic surgery or, or a nose job is vanity yeah. where it's like, yes, sort of at a distance or on paper, there's been an aesthetic improvement, but you can tell that it was externally achieved, right? Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever get into that liver King fiasco? No, but I think we were talking about it one time previously. Oh. It's no, actually, I think it, my but... trainer mentioned, like he, he was caught out not only eating liver or something. Is that right? No, he said his, so his whole thing, and I'm not like too across this, but no. his whole thing was, you know, I, I'm, I'm natural. Uh, oh, and that's I just right. like, yeah. I just eat liver and all of this is just from working hard and yeah. eating fucking liver, dude. Yeah. And then people were like, really? No, you look really like you're taking steroids. Oh, and then that. after yeah. like five or seven years of some sort of notoriety, he was yeah. like, okay, I did. I did take steroids the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and the, the, and the bodybuilding world was like, oh, no one. The oh, bodybuilding man. world must have been the ones who knew more than anyone. I mean, you, it wouldn't be them who are, like, shocked. They would be like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I look in the mirror. I look at him. It's the same fucking thing. I think it would be all I, the I mean, regular it people. News, it became a news story for some reason. Like, who? no one takes the liver king seriously. And if you do, uh, good luck to you. But, like... It, it is interesting that it w- it became a news story because it's like this, you know, lie that, you know, maybe every, like a lot of people knew about. Yeah. It's, I find that really, I, I find, I don't mind when people are, are being vain for their own sakes. Like if you want to do whatever you want to do, go ahead, your body, your choice, right? As D'Souza says, but if you're out there making a living, of selling a lifestyle or a brand or an image and you've achieved what you've achieved falsely, but you're out there telling people to do things or buy your shit. I just find that real scummy, man. Like that's, mm. <laughs> that's just a con bit, artist. Bit of a charlatan. Yeah. Um, you yeah, don't do you have think, to, um, sorry. Do, do, do you think this has got legs? Do you think, is he getting any uh, traction with this idea? Do I think it has legs? I reckon that there is a, um, an interest in it, right? Like you were already interested in it. I think there is some subset of people. The question for me is a coverage one. It's a media one because you think about the value that the Olympics has for a broadcaster, how much the rights are for that sort of international competition. And there's this big, you know, two weeks of constant coverage and events and ceremonies and all this kind of thing. I wonder whether he will struggle to actually get people to treat it seriously if there's this big existing organization pressuring networks not to give it any sort of attention because it runs counter to it. So I Mm. I, I reckon he'll be able to get something going. My question is whether or not it will be sustainable because either A, sponsors don't want to get on board with, you know, like <laughs> Nike's not going to get in there and be like, yeah, come to the Nike dope yourself games. Um, because that's, no, it's going to be sponsored by monster energy drink, <laughs> but even monster, I feel like it'll be sponsored by the shit that plays on liver King videos. It'll be sponsored by <laughs> like, buy your testosterone pills and like all this other kind of thing. 
but you won't find any mainstream brands touching this, right? Because it, yeah. it runs counter to the entire brand of like, just do it, you know, get out there. You, you, you can achieve things. And so then where does the money come from? How do you pay for a stadium? And also from the athlete's perspective, if you show up to this thing, you are basically permanently out of the Olympics. So this will yes, only... You're, out, you're outcast. This will only attract people who either already aren't qualifying for the Olympics, have aged out of the Olympics and know that there's no way they'll ever get back in, but are still like interested in competing. And so by the very nature of it, I wonder if those are less interesting people to a potential viewer as well. So there's a whole bunch of like organizational side there, which I think raises questions about the longevity of the idea. Yeah, you'd be blacklisted as an athlete. You would be black. If you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm competing at the <laughs> HGH Games, then... Yeah, you can't come back to the Olympics You can't go back. Year <laughs> yeah. <that. laughs> yeah. Okay, here's a, here's a hot-button topic issue. Um, trans athletes at the, um, the doping games, do you reckon that uh, given the controversies in the Olympics and the, the whole thing of the steroid measuring and everything, do you reckon that there could actually be a kind of trans-inclusive organization and get weirdly some left-leaning support for being like, yeah, people compete wherever they need to compete? That's not a bad idea for them, D'Souza and co. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, that, that's not bad. Like kind of neutralize, if their yeah. whole thing is kind of neutral, neutralizing the playing field, yeah. it's basically a free-for-all. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, it's an interesting idea if, if they do go down that route to, to say, okay, well, this is, everyone can have as many or, you know, as wide ranging performance enhancing drugs as they want. Yeah. Then do you have uh, gender specific events or is yeah, it just a that's interesting. That's interesting. I mean, here's another thought. Is it really open? Is it really anything goes? Could you do meth? Can you, can you be on heroin? You know, like meth is how, a good one. Cause how wide are we throwing open these gates? Well, I think meth meth was used by the Nazis in order to keep their soldiers awake and to keep them aggressive. Really? Did you know that? No. Yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, Nazi soldiers came back with a meth addiction, and oh. some of them went on like five night benders because they were fucking charged, and the Nazis were just going, "Keep going, baby." Like wow. So meth is like a is probably a good drug to use if you are <laughs> you know, wanting to feel angry and tenacious. Yeah. Quote Michael, meth is probably a good drug to use. <laughs> clip it. Clip it. There's your Instagram clip. Um, but like, yeah. I, I find but the I, idea- I think there should be, I think they're also just on this. I think there should be, you know, we shouldn't stop at, at drugs. We should include animals as well. <laughs> make, make sure it's like RSPCA approved. Okay. But- Let's you want to see some dancing bears. You want to see. I don't some... want to. I don't want to see you running. You know, who can run the quickest over a hundred meter period? I want to see who can run the quickest over a hundred meter period while being chased by a leopard. <laughs> yeah, I mean leopards. You probably mean cheetahs, but yes, all kinds, all kinds of animals. So it is a interspecies drug taking games. Can the cheetahs be on meth? 
Yes, the cheetahs can be. Everyone's on meth. The, the, the referees are on meth. Okay. Wow. So it's really erratic. It's really. No, the, the referees are on shrooms. Oh, okay. So that that every every uh, every event within whatever competition it is uh-huh. has like some deeper meaning. They just question why we are doing this at all. <laughs> Which I think, to be fair, a lot of the audience would also be questioning at that point. Yeah, you have you have the sprint, and yeah. then and then everyone sits in a circle and discusses it. <laughs> it's basically the modern equivalent of chess boxing, where you have to be <laughs> both intellectually and physically capable. Yes, this okay. is not bad, Nick. I feel like we need this to like get in touch stuff. with D'Souza and really start to clarify his intent because he might be missing <laughs> some important moves here. We like what you we like your initial groundwork, D'Souza. Yeah, but uh, Nick and I have got some thoughts as well. Yeah. I mean, the uh, here's the end of this article here. Um, competing athletes will be given stock in Enhanced Games, a for-profit entity which he was self-funding, but also attracting interest from investors in California's Silicon Valley, the location of many startup and global tech companies. Of course. Of course, it's a tech bro idea. If you participate, you're going to get stock in the league and be a co-owner. And that's really important to us because that's going to be an opportunity for athletes to generate wealth. I assumed that if you were an Olympian and won a gold medal, your life is made. It's not the case. It's sad to see people who have achieved the highest level of human excellence and they're living an objectively impoverished existence. And at the same time, you have these sports bureaucrats who are earning millions. And in the case of Thomas Bach, the IOC president, he's flying around the world in a private jet, living in a palace paid for by the IOC. It's literally an exploitation system. D'Souza famously led American billionaire Peter Thiel's litigation against Gorka Media involving the wrestler wrestler Hulk Hogan, which resulted in one of the largest invasion of privacy judgments in history. So this guy just sued by Thiel? Gorka got sued by... I'm pretty sure there's a documentary about Thiel suing Gorka. Yeah, that's that's, that's this. Yeah. That's insane. Thiel sued Gorka and D'Souza led the litigation by Thiel. So that's where he's got his money from. And now he's he's in the, the tech sphere, starting up a drug Olympics. Okay, I am massively out now. <laughs> okay, I you couldn't be more out. You've turned very quickly. That's what a if hard, I, that's a hard no. What if I said that Elon was interested? Okay. He's had an interesting Dude, few weeks. This this D'Souza guy is gonna be on Rogan in <laughs> yeah, probably give it three, three hours. <laughs> This is this is Rogan, yeah, bread and butter. I genuinely wonder if we search the archives whether he's already been on. He's probably. <laughs> have you been following any of the Elon stuff, or have you sort of taken a nice like social media break while you're overseas? Yeah, I, I I was thinking that as I was setting up that um I'm r- so much not uh up to date with any news. I've been um. The only news I've been kind of keeping uh, abreast of is the Prigozhin uh, Putin thing. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, man, I'm I'm uh, I'm pretty light. Pretty Do you light feel like it. psychologically unburdened? Is that nice? Yeah. It, it's um it's hard to to pinpoint what it is. I mean, if it's like I'm surrounded by like nature and and beaches and stuff and yeah so naturally you feel lighter but like i think it is nice like i've taken notifications off on my facebook and stuff and it's you know it's good 
Yeah. It's, I'm definitely, I'm still, I'm still using it, but I'm yeah. using it so it's much healthier. less. Yeah. But I do get, I do, I was getting, it does make me realize I was getting a lot of my news from social media. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not really sure what's been happening with Elon. Uh, there was basically the only thing I was alluding to there was that Facebook launched its Twitter rival this week um, called Threads, Threads, yeah, which has already accrued 90 million users in the first week, which is a massive, massive success for them. I saw and you posted on there. I got a notification that you posted. On yeah, I, I saw that. I realized after the fact that it was telling people on Instagram when new people have signed up to um, Threads, which is a very canny um, pollination kind of move to get other users involved. Um, I'm, I'm unlikely to use it probably long-term and at the risk of boring everyone to tears about it. The Too thing, late. The thing that interests me is that it's using or will use the same backbone as Mastodon, the my preferred Twitter alternative. And it basically means that anyone who signs up to threads and starts posting there I'll be able to follow from my preferred Mastodon client in the future, which is a really nice open internet kind of thing where now all of your friendship groups and and social circles and stuff can be cross-platform and not locked into one sort of ecosystem. So that's that's quite a, a, a new development in this industry. Anyway, the point being that Threads suddenly having 90 million users in a week has sent Elon into a bit of a... Tailspin, which included suing Meta for copyright infringement and for hiring people that used to work at Twitter and all these kind of things. So he's not particularly loving the fact that the competitors swooped in and immediately launched a very viable rival to him after he fucked around and found out. Twitter's still going strong, though, isn't it? I mean, it's still going. It's not going strong, I would say. Um, Haven't they grown their pla- their base? No. Or their users? No. They've they've had to li- like. They've, uh, oh, this is boring. But they they've limited things where you can only see it if you're logged in. So now you can't like embed tweets anywhere. They rate oh. limited stuff, so you can only view. There was a day where you could only view up to like. 500 tweets in a day which was about 10 minutes 20 minutes of scrolling and then it would say sorry you're done um oh. and all these kind of death spirally kind of actions so yeah it's not it's not gone great they also um they had a lot of tech failures a weekend ago um and the the site just fell over <laughs> so oh. so i guess i guess whoever wins whoever wins out of this cage match between elon and zucks gets to keep their their platform yeah how it works i i mean i think i'd already thrown my hat in the um zuckerberg ring for um for his physical likelihood of of beating elong in a cage match um Mm. but it seems like in terms of a business strategy as well he might be doing that with his platform as well in terms of business strategy, it's it's um, if you're an unlikable guy yourself, like Zuckerberg is, yeah, it's it's pretty pretty savvy to make an an enemy or a nemesis of an, an arguably even less likable, more person. unlikable <laughs> yeah. person. I don't I don't agree with that. I love Elon, as you know, he's, he's the greatest. But um, <laughs> but it's it's pretty pretty it's a pretty interesting technique, you know. Yeah, I mean, it has made Zuckerberg look more likable and more um, 
strategically sensible, that's for sure. Mm. I'm not a, a huge Zuckerberg fan, as as we all know, but it's good to have some competition there to, to shake things up a bit. Yeah. Well, good luck to them both, equally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know you'll be rooting for Elon to come out with some fancy jujitsu moves. <laughs> <laughs> On meth. On meth. Um, in terms of Seggy's, last time we said, alluded to the fact that Lauren might have a segment idea. Is that something that she wanted to do? Lauren, how are you feeling about doing this? She doesn't want to do it. Okay. Next uh, time. Next time. Next time. Apparently. Really good. That's what you said last time. Um, she I, just wants the the list is ever growing. I think so. Uh, oh, is it a Lauren's myths or equivalent? Uh, so it's um, things that she's learnt about me while okay. travelling. Hey, it oh. sounds like a fun idea. This is good. Yeah, I'm happy to yeah. wait for that. I'm happy to wait. Okay, he's very excited about this. Yeah, things you learn about your partner when you travel. To- Okay, um, but I won't do it the other way because that's not going to end Yeah, up. that's just bullying, yeah. <laughs> well, if you've enjoyed listening to this episode, thank you so much. That's a very nice thing to hear. Um, and I would love to read that in person. So why don't you jump into your email client of choice and send something to deepfort at gmail.com. Whether it's a question or a comment, it could be read out in a podcast in the future. You could also scroll over to the old uh, Spotify feed or Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating, leave us a review. You could get in touch with us on a social media platform like Instagram or Facebook. And you could also just go out and actually acknowledge the homeless person on the street for once instead of looking the other way when you walk past them and tell them that Deep Fort is a great listen and they should really tune in. I don't think you can call them homeless anymore, Nick. Unhoused? Unhoused. Housed challenged. Yeah. That's worse, isn't it? Might be worse. How about a wreck engine, Mike? All right. How do you feel about Mike? When people call you Mike, I feel weird calling you Mike. It's funny you say that. Um, My family calls me Mike. Do they? Um, And every now and then, someone who I don't know will just call me Mike. Yeah. They'll just just do it. Um, And I feel like it's like, no, you have to earn that. I I, I, I heard it coming out of my mouth and I actually stopped myself and felt like that was uncalled for. I, I don't know that that was like, I've known you for 13, no, 16 years now. And mm. I don't know. It might be too soon. I don't know if I've got there yet. I think it's actually too late. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because it's been, you know, it's been Michael or fuckface for 16 years. Yeah. Um, just switching to Mike seems like, okay, you can, you can give it a go if it feels, if it feels right. But I mean, I, I feel like you're, you're allowed to. It's like to, a middle-aged man it. who starts wearing Hawaiian shirts. You're like, yeah. this, this time has passed. This wasn't you. You're not a fedora guy. You're not a Hawaiian no. shirt guy. Unfortunately, you're going to be in polos for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean, look. You can you can call me whatever you want, but like make sure it's it, make sure you make it count. Okay, do it with do it with love, do it with passion. Do it with love. Okay, and intention. How about some wreck engine? Keys me, bitch. Ugh. <laughs>
Welcome to Deep Thoughts Recommendation Engine. Okay, well, we are in the segment. I'm not sure I like how we got there, but the, no. the past is the past. Pol- apologies. Been a while. Wreck engine. Um, Michael, you've been traveling. Do you have things on your list? And if so, how? <laughs> what? What What are you recommending? So, and how do you? How have you had the time to recommend things? How are you and consuming media or other? Um, activities while you're away so i've got i thought i had more but i've got two okay. the good ones okay um i've got i've got an album just okay. to um uh for for tuitous for uh for preempt uh gratuitous uh what's the word when you um you want to allude to something that's happening in the future foreshadowing foreshadowing okay um it's more it's less foreshadowing more like a contents page on a powerpoint presentation this is so <laughs> this, not this is a very relevant. strange very strange way to this is this, this is the verbal equivalent of tying your shoelace a uh, one shoelace into a knot <laughs> yeah all right yeah well um i've got an album and i've got a show very okay. simple classic i I'm, just for clarity i'm leaving all that in you don't get to just do a clean reset I will be including everything that, that led up to it. I saw you trying to be professional and give me a fresh take. And I want you to know that it is not happening. <laughs> okay. Um, in that case. Uh-huh. Um, okay. So I've got, I've got an album for you. Uh-huh. Um, now, this is an album by uh, two artists. It's a collaborative album between Fred again and Brian Eno. Okay. Now, Fred again. I don't know if you've, you've probably heard about Fred again. I know the name. He's very popular with the millennials, with yeah. the Gen Zers. No, yeah. maybe not the millennials. I keep thinking millennials are young, but yeah. they're kind 40s, of old now. Yeah. Yeah. They're us. Gen Zers, Gen Xers, whatever the fuck. Um, Definitely not the Gen peop- the, the people in their early 20s that are just getting into drugs. Uh-huh. So he's make, he makes like dance, kind of dance music, but it, I really respect him as a producer. He's like, he, he does some really interesting um, dance music. He did a lot of, he had um, a couple of albums during the pandemic that were, that were, um, that were used, he used recordings from conversations that he had with his friends. Um, and then he made like dance bangers out of them. <laughs> nice. Um, but he's also been, he's, his friend, his family was friends with Brian Eno. Yeah, and so he was kind of Brian Edo's uh, muse or or protege or whatever. Yeah, and his he had this kind of mentor um, in Brian Eno, and Brian Eno said, you know, has said in interviews that like when he met Fred again, and he and he heard some of his tracks when he was just doing like very early stuff when he was thirteen, fourteen. He was like, this kid is oh, insane. he was like really early into it. Yeah, he was like, "I'm, I'm going to mentor you because you, you've got like an astonishing you've got ability." It. Anyway, yeah, you've got, you've got it, man. Um, and anyway, they've released this album, which is like this extremely slow, am, very ambient, um, record called Secret Life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like it's so beautiful. It's like it's they've got like Brian Eno has done a lot of ambient stuff. He's you know he's got that. He's got that great album, Ambient Music for Airports, which I love. And a lot of people 
who like kind of synthesizer drone kind of music, yeah. very long, extended, sustained um, synth waves that kind of ebb and flow and, and form different kind of textures. Yeah. Um, and they've kind of done that together and put that with Fred again's like um, his, his incredible sampler. Um, and it's just like a beaut. It's a beautiful record. It's a lot of like, it's it's not even loops because loops loops come around every so often. It's it is it is loops, but it, they they're kind of so it's sparse. Not the dominant, yeah. Uh, that they kind of coalesce and and form different kind of textures and and colors. Anyway, it's a beautiful album, um, and it's like a little bit heartbreaking in times. Like some of the refrains that they choose to sample in, in certain parts seem like they have different meanings at different parts of the songs, even though they're the same sample. Mm. I don't know if that any of that is making sense, but um, it's just come out like uh, in, I think, May, uh, but it's called Secret Life by Brian Eno and Fred again, and I, I've been thrashing it. It's interesting that Eno, for such a respected and prolific producer, um, he is still going at it, right? Like, he's he's... What at least sixty, right? Like he's he's quite oh, up there. 70, 70 plus, yeah. yeah. And he's still out there making music. Like I get new suggestions from him in in my my Spotify Discover all the time, Same. and he's doing collaborations with all kinds of people. And he yeah, seems he famously very... produced Coldplay's yeah, Viva yeah. La Vida and kind of brought yeah. them back into where they pushed them into the stadium area they wanted to be in. Yeah, and also kind of has voiced like criticism of them. <laughs> I remember there was like some interview and he was just like, they were, they were not where they needed to be. And they, uh, you know, they needed a lot of help, which is so Going funny to say of uh, X and Y into, the, or you yes. mean he's talking about them now? Like, no, he was talking about them then. At and that like, point, yeah. And being hesitant to produce their, their album. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's, he is, he's prolific. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's, He's done a lot of pop stuff in, you know, in the early days as well. I'm sure your dad's all over this, um, but he's he's now now his his ambient music is is like kind of leading. He's like the the king of ambience yeah. now. Yeah. Um, and I really love I love a lot of his I love a lot of his ambient music. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a big wreck from me. Yeah, great. Um, I'll throw an album back at you, which I have actually suggested a, a month or two ago off pod. Uh, it is Eve Tumor's latest album. Praise oh, yeah. a Lord who choose, but which does not consume semicolon brackets or simply hot between worlds. Close bracket. Um, rolls off the tongue. Rolls off the tongue. Doesn't really acronymize very well, but uh, what an album. Eve Tumor, as we alluded to, sort of an ambient oddball in previous albums. And this is very much a, a tonal departure, more rocky, funky, like groovy, hard-edged kind of pop tracks. And I fucking love it. It's great. I've yeah. been thrashing this album um, and really lyrically interesting. It's really conceptually interesting. Yeah, I, I just think it's great. Yeah, he's, he's a very interesting artist. I was You did um, recommend this to me and I, I'm, I think it was out doing something and I, and I listened to the whole thing and I loved it. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it's a little bit of a, I'm a little bit surprised that you, you were into it as much as, as you are. Cause it's a bit of a, like a, a bit of a hip kind of, he's done a lot of beatsy stuff. 
in yeah. the past. No, I don't mind a, a um, bit of that. Uh, I think ultimately, like we've we've had conversations previously. Like I've tried and failed repeatedly to get into air, to get really into like beach house and that kind of stuff. And sometimes I just I I can't connect with some of that. Uh, I don't know what you'd call it, like almost like vibesy kind of music. Like I need a little bit more yeah. in the way of lyrics or in the way of surprising melody or, you know, harmony and that kind of stuff. I can't quite click in. And that's also why sure. I feel like the national for me has become a little bit of a decreasing returns for me because they only have like three chord progressions they ever use. Like that kind of thing yep. tires me a little bit. So when I, yep. an album comes out like this where an artist who was playing in that field but then turns and and comes out with something more pointed or more um, outlandish, I, it really sort of can get under my skin a bit. So uh, that sounds like a negative thing, but I mean a good thing. It can it can get its hooks in me. Yeah. No, that's um, – yeah, it's cool. I did like that one. Um, what's your next rec? Um, next one is pretty simple. It's uh, Our Planet 2. Bit of Atz. Um, bit of the old Attenborough. Bit of Davos Atsos. Yeah. Um, it's basically pretty much exactly what you expect, just with better cameras. They've done... I'm not sure if it's the same guys who do Planet Earth... That's like the big one. That's the one. But they also yeah. did Our Planet, which David Attenborough um, produces and narrates, I think. I don't know, but it's just animals, you know. It's just is Attenborough animals. out there in the field? Is he doing piece to cameras in forests these days, or is it all VO? No. He's it's VO. Just VO. And, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, he's just got the greatest voice of all time. But, yeah, yeah it's I just mean, like, amazing. it's just, it's, uh, we've been watching a little like I think we watched the whole season now. It's just yeah. four episodes. Yeah, just one of this. Just uh, one about ants that I fucking. I have so much respect for ants, man. <laughs> so much respect for Don't ants. Don't fuck with ants. I was I was watching this one one episode that they have where they um they they put cameras into the ant hive, and the amount of like teamwork that ants do. Like they have the queen bee that that doesn't um. It doesn't see the light of day, basically ever. The queen, somehow, the these, queen this, ant. The queen. Oh yeah, queen ant. Sorry, don't mean to. Uh, don't mean to uh, offend. <laughs> offend the insect community. Yeah. It's like I. You knew you'd I, be cancelled. I see all insects and... is the same. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the queen. The queen ant doesn't see the light of day, and then once a year. They'll have to move her out, the whole colony or the hive or whatever. They'll have to move her out. And they've managed to cap- capture this on camera. They're literally lifting the queen ant out in the cover of darkness because it's the best, the safest time to do that. Mm. And then all these ants are carrying the, the lava sacks mm. that she's been sitting on. Like they're all, they're, they're, they're a lot smarter than we give them credit for ants, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, <laughs> actively tried to remove them from my house with poison. So I feel a little bit guilty admiring them at the moment, but you should, but I can respect, you know, it's, it's Darwinism and unfortunately they needed to eat some poison and die so that my chocolate could go uneaten in the pantry. But 
Yeah. Uh, they they have intelligence in their own way, as all creatures do. Yeah. Well, I I uh, I would never kill an ant. I think that that's I just want that on the probably false, but yeah. Well, good wreck, David Attenborough. Always good. Um, I think you should leave now. I think you should leave. Season three came out on Netflix a few weeks ago. And I mean, I don't think we need to recap this because we both love it, but I think you should leave. It's so fucking funny and it continues to be fucking funny. And what a miracle that that show exists. He's such a weird guy. He's such a weird guy. And I love it. I love it always. I love that he, um, he's apparently using uh, sketches that didn't, cut it for saturday night live or weren't palatable for the saturday, saturday i think that night was live true audience. in like the first season but i feel like they've they're up to all fresh stuff now unless unless you heard otherwise oh, okay. but they definitely yeah, did that yeah. in the first season which i i admire <laughs> being like yeah I mean, well the, this is the weirdest good, so parts of it. snl yeah. yeah no he's uh he's he's uh he's fucking weird and he's fucking funny yeah it's one where where you either like the comedy or you don't because <laughs> there's there is no middle ground. Yeah. Do you have anything else? Otherwise, I'll throw in one more show. No, all yours. Uh, actually, I'll throw in two briefly. There's one show that I watched called Mrs. Davis, which is wild. It's about a nun fighting AI running around on a horseback and trying to beat like Siri. The rest of the world's addicted to Siri, and she's a nun, and she goes out and tries to stop it. It's heightened and ridiculous, and that's been that's been done. I mean, we've all seen it, (laughs) (laughs) but that's a great show. It's very weird but very enjoyable. The one I really want to talk about, though, uh, which I think is one of the greatest shows of the past decade, is The Bear. Do you know anything about The Bear? Yeah, I watched the first episode. Watched the first episode of the first season. Yes, The Bear is a show set in a kitchen. Uh, about a guy who uh, inherits his brother's um, sandwich shop, beef sandwich shop um, in Chicago. Mm. And it's a bit of a disaster. It's it's disgusting. It's financially in, in tatters. His cousin works there. It's hanging on by a thread. And he is a incredible chef. He, he went off and became the world's best chef and he comes back and and takes over this business and tries to get it back on its feet again it's a drama it's on fx it's 20 minutes an episode and it is so incredibly good it is so fucking good and the second season has just come out and it continues to be fucking good um i i would just rave about it forever but i strongly encourage i really need to get on that i really need to because it's got all the hallmarks of something i would like it's like you know, I if like you love kitchen. your Bourdains, if you love your, like, corner yes. behind, you know, like, all the kind of accoutrements of, like, a chef show, a really authentic chef show, but couched in this, like, character drama and comedy. Ugh. Yeah. It's I'll a miracle it of a show. Lauren, you watched season one of The Bear. Yeah. Did you like it? Yeah. You didn't watch it. I didn't. I only watched the first episode. Ugh. Yeah. I only watched the second season. Yes, yeah, just oh, second season's out now. Just come out, yeah. All right, is, I'll uh, put that on my list. It is amazing. Um, the performances are great. The character stuff is really heartfelt and and understated, but compelling. The comedy is there. All of the performers are, are perhaps not names that you would know, but they're all 
wonderful and and sort of because you don't know them it's very easy to buy them as their characters you know you're not bringing any preconceptions in um it's not like matt damon playing a chef where you're like matt damon doesn't know how to fucking cook um no. so it, it's all wonderful Cooper. but apparently the creator's sister uh is a, a a really accomplished chef and so she's brought a lot of her knowledge into it some of the actors in the show are actually chefs in real life and so they have a sort of naturalism to it all it's just so good man check it out all right so I saw someone put a a photo of what's his name? The guy? The main character, Jeremy Allen White. Main character? Yeah. Jeremy Allen White and who was who was the guy who played a uh, Willy Wonka? Gene Wilder. Uh, Gene Gene Wilder. Yeah. Put a photo of the, those two together and it's uh I can it's see like father that. and son. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Good right, I'll put that uh, I'll put that on my list of things to fall asleep to. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I don't know. Do we have an outro? I thought you were going to uh, dab them need... for an hour. I thought you were about to like flex and, oh. and dab. And then I've been doing this thing called the uh, the mini dab. Okay. Do you want to see it? I'd I love to. to adjust my camera here. Okay. It's I'll describe really this for the listeners. Home, yeah, the audio. Cool. <laughs> yep. No, oh, I can't really oh. do it. <laughs> you know what? This idea is not a good one. It's one of my not Michael good ones. is speaking with his lips and he's just doing like the sort of kill it <laughs> gesture under his neck to communicate that he doesn't want to do it anymore. That, if you think about that, that gesture of like the slitting the throat is kind of a barbaric. Quite aggressive. Uh, it is quite aggressive. It's like cut the throat, kill it. I wonder who the per- first person to give that a go in an innocuous setting was. <laughs> yes. Where it's like, okay, we've been using this gesture in mob circles for a while. And then the, the gangster gets home at the end of the thing. And, you know, his wife's making lasagna and he's on the phone. And she's like, do you want me to cut you yeah. up a slice? And he just goes. <laughs> she's like, yeah, he's what? still in wor- work mode. He's in work mode. <laughs> and she's like, what? <laughs> oh, oh, no. As a, no, no, you're fine. You're totally fine. <laughs> She's starting to cry. <laughs> He's like, sorry, I'm just on, on the, I'm money on the phone call. I was, I was speaking to the, the, the Don. The wife's like, honey, can you yeah. not do the behead me gesture when I offer you some? <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, sorry, sorry, babe. Yeah, I'd love some lasagna, actually. 